I, I always want to talk about y'all in the light of the Lord Jesus. And so I'm, I'm titling this, if you can title it, I'm titling this Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Uh, have y'all ever seen a, a dandelion or some other plant, but a dandelion specifically, that broke through asphalt? Now tell me that's not amazing. That's just amazing uh, that it can do that. And so um, I'm, it really, I'm, pre I'm impressed with a dandelion that can, can do that. So we have, uh, we have different, everybody's thinking about something, especially the weekend after the resurrection. You have a lot of people that went to church for the first time in several months, probably uh, churches all over. And so now what do they do the week after? Well, if, if they're a sinner, if they're carnal, if they're backslid or whatever like that, they're probably got a, a fresh dose of, of qualifying for heaven. Y'all reckon? They went in there and said, I, I, hope, I hope I'm doing enough. I hope I did enough or that I'm doing enough to go to heaven. That's the whole program for people like that is missing hell. Don't, don't want to get me. Hell's bad. Heaven's good. But we, we don't care how, what heaven's like, we want to miss hell. But for us, we, we don't think about that. You know, something that's just occupying their mind, and that's what they're thinking about, and they should. We're not thinking about that at all, are we? What we're thinking about is, are we fulfilling the plan of God for our life in the kingdom? We're, we're not thinking about heaven and hell. We're already, we're already we've done that. So uh, at the new birth, even though our minds might not think about it, at the new birth, we became unstoppable, unstoppable concerning knowing the will of God. You don't always register it in your head, but the word says in Colossians that we are one spirit. We are in union with the Holy Ghost. It's not like there's two spirits bopping around in your belly. We are, we are joined with him. If, if we can certainly believe that a man and a woman in marriage are joined together, if we can believe that, we can sure believe that we're joined with Holy Ghost. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, an amazing verse, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, wow. Wow. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So if we look at that word gospel, we know that means the good news, the, the, the word of it. And it says, for it is the power of God. So there's something tied to whether we're proud of or in agreement with the gospel or if we're ashamed of it. And, of course, there's lots of shades of shame. Would you all agree that you could be just downright, uh, just so put out to be associated with something, you'd be so ashamed, versus just being like, well, that, yeah, that's who I am, and that's what I do. Or being someone that says, absolutely, I'm on fire, just turn me loose, and I'll turn it upside down. So I wrote down some things about being ashamed of the gospel. And it's a checklist. 
and I know you're there, but I, we're on broadcast, so, you know, you just just wait while we minister to them. First of all, it said, not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Now, you say, well, nobody's ashamed of the name of Jesus. Sure they are. If you listen to them pray, they'll say, I pray in the name of Christ. There's no authority in heaven or earth or under the earth in the name of Christ. That's like saying, Mr. Cash. Well, we pray in the name of Mr. Well, what does that mean? It means nothing. So Jesus is the name that has all authority. That's the name that, that Father gave him. And in giving him that name, Jesus then gave us the use of that name. But it's never Christ. Uh, we're not ashamed in that same vein of the blood of Jesus. And we need to be sure that we're always willing to invoke that highest authority Nothing can stand against the blood of Jesus. Everything is sealed by that blood and, and guarantees or verifies the covenants that we're in with the Lord. So we're not ashamed of the name of Jesus. We're not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. How about the glory of God? I'm not ashamed of the glory of God. We've had people come into this church, and you've certainly been around people that were nervous about the glory of God. We've had people, actually, that were upset after our Sunday morning service because we didn't just end when the hymn ended. That You know, the last words of the song, we didn't just sit down and put our hymnal in the, in the pew in front of us. What'd we do? Well, glory to God. Well, Lord, you're glorious. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you? You're great and greatly too. We just kept on going. And it was incensing. It was like, don't do that. That's disrespectful. Sing your hymn and sit down. So you could be ashamed of the glory of God. You could be ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes they're obvious, thus saith the Lord, but sometimes they're subtle. And, and you, can, you can minister prophetically to people without ever tagging him, dear John. This is God. I'm speaking to you. You can just be talking in the Holy Ghost. Have y'all ever done that? Had that? If you got to be listening, because uh, I would go to, I go to services and I listen for my name, not my name Michael, but my name when Holy Ghost is talking to me, and He'll talk to me. And I remember going to Pastor Moss's church, and he'd have it'd be Sunday night, of course, and so he'd be talking to everybody and ministering. And suddenly, I would notice he would turn to my side of the, of, the, of the church and he'd start talking about things that it seemed like to me were off the charts for the people that were there. And I'm not saying they were ignorant or dumb or anything. I'm just saying it, it didn't fit what they looked like they needed. But he was, he was lasering in on me the gifts of the Spirit. He was telling me by Holy Ghost what I needed to hear, and it answered things, and it fit things, and it was God speaking to me. So we're not ashamed of that. We're looking for the glory of God. Woo-hoo! Bring it, Lord. Bring, bring it, and then bring some more. So, uh, amen. We're not ashamed to uh, call things that be not as though they were. It's like, well, what a, you, know, you know the call on that. Oh, oh you've got it? Sure do. Well, where is it? Sure do. <laughs> you 
So you know how that works. Not ashamed to be Pentecostal. When I introduce myself, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. Spirit-filled is the more easy word, but I'm absolutely, nobody wonders what you are when you say Pentecostal. It's not, because everybody wants to be Spirit-filled. Well, of course we're all Spirit-filled over here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of speaking in tongues. Shabada shada begisotera vedise. In season and out, just going up and down the road, and uh, if I get in a store, now that's why none of y'all want to go to the store with me. You know, I'll get down an aisle and I'll just start cranking it up and then I'll meet the manager or something and work around him. But uh, not, not ashamed of being a divine healing technician. You need, you need help. You need prayer. You need, I'm here. I'm your person. I'm your, I'm your answer. Well, don't we need to go off into a church service and get under a pew and get behind, uh, you know, the cross or something? Now, right here, I'll do it on, you know, uh, Holy Ghost on aisle four. <laughs> uh, not ashamed of biblical prosperity. Now, I'm telling you, there's a bunch out there that now are, but that's a shame because it's not chasing them. It's not... Uh, if you're ashamed of it, don't you don't have to be concerned a bit. Brother Copeland used to say that. If you're ashamed of prosperity, don't ha, don't take a thought. It'll never come on you. You'll ne it'll never bother you. You won't it won't be your problem. Uh, I'm not ashamed to be a paymaster. I'm a paymaster. What does that mean? I'm not even sure, but I I want to be, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say I'm fully funded. I'm debt free and I'm fully funded. We're just not ashamed of that. It's like, well, who do you think you are? And you, you, all sorts of questions. So it'll try to back you down, but we're not ashamed of that. We're not ashamed to be bought with a price. That means Jesus is Lord. And one, one thing that people will do, I'm, we're just navigating here. They'll say, well, yeah, Jesus is Lord. But then when you say, well, is he master? Is he in control of everything? Well, I don't know about that. I like the word Lord. So Lord, the word Lord has kind of been uh, diluted, if it were. But anyway, master is a, a good word. Uh, we're talking about the lordship of Jesus. What does that mean? It means everything. We're not always doing everything, but we want to. We Change me, Lord. Not ashamed to be righteous. People just like, oh, I'm a filthy rags. We're just an old sinner saved by grace or whatever. Nope, I'm righteousness of God. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll, I'll write it down and I'll send you a letter. I'm sanctified. I'm sanctified. You, you never sin. I'm sanctified. Uh, uh, as he is, so am I. You just get that on you and you're not ashamed. And so it doesn't matter who hears. Not ashamed to be a follower. Like full-time. I'm full-time. Are you full-time? Of course you are. You're full-time. No matter what the cost, there will be a cost. There's persecution going on, and it's going to ramp up. This, the Antichrist spirit is way in the earth right now. I mean, look at our federal government. You think, well, this is a Democrat thing, or this is a, uh, a liberal thing, or a progressive thing. No, it's none of those things. That's just, that's just the only way they have to label Antichrist. It's crazy what they're doing, just crazy with genders and with, uh, you go, this is, this is crazy. Yes, it is. It is the Antichrist, 
and you you can vote it out, but but it's the system. So you know, in Romans uh, chapter nine, you're right there in Romans. So turn to, to chapter nine, please. Look in verse thirty-three. You know, not everything that we teach has to be like out of the sky. I never heard of that, and this is amazing. We we don't want to 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 uh, uh, focus on just the most exciting and thing. We we could talk about the pre-Adamic race. We talk about the giants that were in Genesis six. The, uh, the, uh, the the Nephilim that came down and the daughters of man. We can talk about stuff that you've never heard of and, you know, the millennial reign, and we will. But sometimes we just got to talk about stuff like this that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. It just, it just keeps, us, keeps us strong in there. In chapter 9, verse 33, it says, As it is written... Hallelujah. I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. So the gospel is very offensive. So we had to get past the offensiveness of the, of the gospel. It's not like, well, everybody wants this. Nobody wants this. The, 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 uh, the uh, homosexual community, their, their offense is the Bible. And they've got it. They've got it all mapped out. And uh, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, they've got it all mapped out so that it's not the gospel. It's something that's different. So I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed or confounded. So we have to take Jesus like he is. We can't. We can't dress him down, dress him up, you know, and and uh, compromise with him. He, the gospel is the gospel, and we do the changing and the assimilating. So, so what that means is, here's what it means: I believe the word above all traditions. When you say I'm not ashamed of the gospel, what you're saying is the whole thing. I believe it. And it doesn't matter what traditions, what experiences I've had or heard of, what other people testify. It doesn't matter. The gospel puts the word and all the kingdom in is vested in the word of God. So we just go to the word. And if, if we can't abide the word, then we are ashamed of the gospel. Is that right? Of course it is. Uh, in uh, James 1.22, we won't go there, but it says, be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only. So, if 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 anyone is a hearer and not a doer, now pull your feet in, so we won't step on all of them. But if anybody is a hearer of the word and not a doer, I mean they're purposely saying, "I don't want to believe that," and "I don't want to do that." Then what they're saying is that they're ashamed of the gospel. I don't want to lay hands on the sick. Well, you're a hearer and not a doer, and you're ashamed of the gospel. Well, that's just something we don't believe over here at First Church. And we don't, we don't speak to storms here at First Church. And we don't, we don't believe that prosperity business over here. But we believe in Jesus. And we believe that heaven and hell. We believe almost everything, but we don't believe those things. Well, then, then you're, you're ashamed. We don't care. I mean, really, we don't care. If you're going to heaven, my, my thing right now is, I used to be after everybody. You need, you need, Jesus has come that you might have life. You need the life. But now if they just get in my face and say, I don't believe in that prosperity. I don't want you touching me for healing. 
then I'm looking for somebody that does. If they're born again, if now we back up and we make sure that's sealed off. But if they're born again, yes, I am a believer. I'm going to heaven. I love Jesus. I just don't want this and I don't want that. I just, you can get bogged down in my opinion, just, just my perspective. So I just move on to someone who says, man, I wish there was more. And so I'm your man. I'm your huckleberry, for, so to speak. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Y'all remember 1 Corinthians 3. I don't know if we have time for that, but it's it's uh it's where Paul he's upbraiding the Corinthian church and he he says uh he said I fed you with milk verse 2 and not with meat for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. So he's talking to them like they're babies because apparently they were. Neither yet now are ye able. And then he says this in verse 3 of chapter 3 1 Corinthians for ye are yet carnal. You're immature. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. So we can tell if someone's carnal, y'all. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're a seminary graduate. If they're in strife and envying and divisions, <laughs> they're carnal. And here he says, and walk as men. That seems like that's redundant. But what the word in the Greek means, mere men. They're walking like unbelievers. So. They're ashamed of the gospel because you got to put some self under to get under the gospel. You, you can't just come in as a full-blown, prideful and arrogant and judicious human being and say, yes, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. No, there's things that got to come off and go under. Do you all know about that? Pride and competition, all of that stuff like that. Um, uh, so my point tonight, I got a point here. I said all that to say this. What is the end? You knew it, Lynn. What is the end of our conviction to believe? I believe that we ought not to just sail along like a little boat on a, on a river and just go where the river takes us and whatever. I think that we ought to, we ought to assess where we are because some things come at us in life quickly. Suddenly, they come on us, and we have to make a decision based on our conviction, based on our our life, uh, based on a lot of things. And that decision, which has to be made quickly, many times it'll decide a lot of things for a long time. So I'm a real fan of stopping and saying, who am I, where am I, and where am I going? So that if a path shows up, it's a fork in the road or whatever, and you're going 50 miles an hour and you, you, you can't stop, you've got to make a turn, you know which way to go. And then in 2023, we said, oh God, you're, you're telling us that we know what to do. So this is one way we know what to do. We, we stop and assess uh, situations or, or our, our place our score, as it were, you send in the test to the teacher in fifth grade and you come back with a C plus or a, or worse or maybe an A, but, but they grade your work and you know where you are. And they'll call your parents in and says, well, if Johnny doesn't kick, kick it in, if he doesn't giddy up, we're looking at so this and that, you know. And so, but we don't do that in the kingdom. We just say, well, I'm going to heaven, guarantee I got that. But that we could be on the wrong track or on a lesser track 
and think we're at the high track and not be. And so I like to do that uh, uh, so that we, we say, I, I got to change some things. We're doing this in our, our virtue meetings, in our valor meetings. We're, we're asking hard questions of ourselves and saying, well, who are you and what do you believe? And what are you willing to do? And what is it that could come into your life that says, I'm not going there? We just think, I'll go anywhere he wants me to go. I'll do anything he wants me to do. But actually, that's not true. Are you not walking as mere men? The Corinthian church was a church, but they, they were the kindergartners. So in uh, Romans 4, <laughs> sometimes you just never know where a message is going to go. So we just, we're just going to flow with it. Hallelujah. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Verse 17. Before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. There's resurrection. He does two things. He quickens the dead. He resurrects anything that's dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but he has quickened us and made us alive. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. And uh, uh, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope, why? That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. There's always that which was spoken into your life. There's nobody that's got faith, no one that's standing against the troubles of this world that's not standing on that which was spoken. By his stripes ye were healed. That was spoken. Uh, became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. That was spoken. So we're all looking back to whatever was spoken that we have heard. And uh, so verse 19, and, not, and being not weak in faith. So you could be weak in faith. But not being weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's a factor, apparently. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. None of us want to admit when we staggered. It's our business, nobody else's business. But if you stagger, it becomes evident. It's not like, I made a D on that paper and nobody knows. Oh, yeah, when you flunked the class, <laughs> we, we know you had some Ds. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, strong in courage, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded. That's where it says in Mark 11, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he say shall come to pass. He was able also to perform. So, uh, fully persuaded. So if you're fully persuaded, in this instance he was, but it took him 25 years to get there, didn't it? He, he, he didn't come out fully persuaded out of the gate. The Lord said, look at the stars, son. Look at the sands of the sea. As these are, so shall your seed be. And we're going to start with the sun. You're going to have all this, but it's <laughs> we got to have a son first. It took him 25 years to get from getting a son promised to having all these things. 
Second uh, Peter one four. Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great. Say it with me. Exceeding great and then precious promises. Now, right there, if you're not a, if if you're ashamed of the gospel, you're not too impressed with the promises. But if you're not ashamed of the gospel, we are way impressed with the promises. It is everything to us. So what about this? This is in, I'm, I'm, just, I'm putting this stuff out here right now tonight. Just, I'm setting the framework up. In Acts chapter 21, well, let's go to Acts chapter 6. I talked to Lynn this afternoon and he said, well, what about this? And I said, that's exactly where I'm going tonight. So this is Acts chapter 6. What does it take? You, you, can, you can find out where you are by two ways, by uh, revelation or tribulation. You can get run over by a truck and say, you know, I wasn't standing in the right place. So that's, that's tribulation. Or the Lord could say, get out of the way. There's a truck coming. And you can move over by revelation. Well, that's way higher. Uh, praise God. So in chapter 6, uh, in verse 2, it says, uh, The twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, here's the answer, Look yet among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business of waiting on tables. And uh, verse 5 says, the whole the saying pleased the whole multitude. And then right out the gate, they, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And then some other boys, uh, they, they chose them. Uh, and then it said in verse 7, what happened? Well, the word of God increased. The number of disciples multiplied. Great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, verse 8, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Do y'all see how far it is from verse 8 up to verse 3? It says, look ye out among you. There's five verses there, and he went from being a nobody from nowhere to waiting on tables, and suddenly, full of faith and power, did wonders and miracles among the people. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and then it goes on. Uh, it goes on there and says that nobody was happy. Uh, verse 9 says, There arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, and Sicily. Yeah, he goes on disputing with Stephen. So let's go back to ashamed of the gospel. If you're ashamed, somebody can shut you down. They can back you down. Let's start calling you Nanny Nunu and calling you naughty names. And you don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like, we, we're, that's not us. That's not what we do. We love God. We love the brethren. Well, you're this and you're that. So it backs some people off and it measures if they're ashamed of the gospel. You, you, you can't go to second grade because you got to take it over. You, you're ashamed. And so that's, that's what was going on, but didn't work for Stephen. It says uh, the, they, they stirred up the people against Stephen, and uh, 
Verse 15 says, All that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on Stephen, saw his face had been the face of an angel. Wow. Look in chapter 7. Go clear over to verse 52. Chapter 7 of Acts, verse 52. So Stephen gets in their face. He's not ashamed of the gospel. And I like what Lynn pointed out. It said that he knew where this was going. <laughs> He'd been around this Libertines, Serenians, and all these boys. He, and, and, and they'd already disputed with him. But in verse 52, he said, Stephen said back to them, he said, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just ones, of whom ye have now been the betrayers and murderers, and who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. So Stephen's pushing back, isn't he? You know, he's just been a deacon for a chapter. <laughs> and they're already all over him. And uh, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Oh, my word. What a, what a way to go. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice when he said that. That was not, that wasn't in the, the Apostles' Creed, I guess you would say. That they stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city, stoned him. And it goes on that Paul was there when they were stoning him. He said, uh, verse 59, uh, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, lay not their sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. So here's you got, a, you got a man that's not ashamed of the gospel. That's the point, which means there was a bunch that didn't get to the stoning part, didn't get to the gnashing of teeth. They just waited in a little way and said, we, we, we don't agree. And they said, shut up. And they said, okay, we'll shut up. We'll go back to the house. So they were ashamed of the gospel. They may not have known it, but when that confrontation and that fear and all that stuff came up, they petered out. They couldn't stand the pressure. So we all need to know, and we need to know, and we need to come to grips. Would I have gone with Stephen if he had a partner, if he had somebody there that they said, this is Stephen and, and Joey, this is Stephen and Joey, and we're gnashing at them with our teeth. Would, would Stephen bail or would Joey bail? Or would they both go in there and, and get stoned to death? I mean, it's, it's not a real question, but it's really coming. Y'all need to know this is really coming. And you don't want to wait until that day and have an emotional decision that you're not proud of or that you, you overpromise beyond your faith. And so you're out there and you're stuck. So we should make these decisions or these consecrations or these convictions. We ought to build on them until they're where we want them, where we say, that's how far I go. I looked up Smith Wigglesworth. He had constipation so bad that he took three ounces of castor oil three times a week. 
This is the man of faith. He used assaults to treat a terrible condition of hemorrhoids. That's all we're going to say about that. He was confronted with how far he could grow and not believe God in this area. And so he concluded that when he was asked, he concluded that he would rather die in faith than live in fear any longer. And he trusted God through that. And two days later, he was completely cured. So you hear that story and you go, well, I'm going to march on. But somebody else might not have that good a story. He almost died after six months of appendicitis. Unable to operate, the doctor left him for dead. And you know, Smith was a little salty. <laughs> so it probably wasn't a, you know, I'm busy over there. I'll be leaving. He probably got thrown out. He was prayed for by a young man and an older woman and was instantly healed. This personal experience directed him to completely try, trust the love of Jesus and supernatural graces on the one hand and to believe that it's God's will to never allow his doubt or unbelief to reign in his life, but let ministry be the focus of his life. So he, he came to some conclusions. In other words, it was more than just going through a trial and saying, whew, we made it through that. Hope there's not another one. And not growing out of it, not, not putting down a stake that said, we'll never be less than this. See, when you put down a stake in your life and say, I'll never go back from here, everything is forward. Well, you just know the devil's going to try to grab you and take you back. So uh, he suffered from gallstones for five years and refused surgery. Y'all have heard these stories. He danced before the Lord every morning at a high rate of speed. He never went more than 15 minutes while awake without reading the word. Have y'all read those stories? If you're in there, uh, uh, Lester Summerall was with him a lot. And 15 minutes, they broke the word open. Uh, he preached daily in great pain, bound with a diaper to keep bleeding from soaking his clothes. He sometimes stopped to gather himself from the pain or to pass a stone. Then in one day in the pulpit, he was instantly and totally healed. So th this is the account I read. Y'all may say, well, that's not what I read. I, you know, I'm just reading. So if it's similar to this. If it's not exactly that, I don't know. But he's, he's called the apostle of faith because he had convictions that were tried. And you and I will be tried. It, I hope it's not like this, but it'll be, it could be something. It, but it's based on how far you want to go. We can quit any time. We can level off and say, this is where I want to live. And this is how I want to, I want to, I want to give this a month. And I want to have this kind of entertainment. And I want to, well, what, whatever you settle for, that's, you can live there. And there'll be trouble to live that level, but there'll be trouble to go further. But the glory is on the other. It just depends on how ashamed we are of the gospel. And I'm, I'm just provoking you to love and good works, y'all. There's no condemnation here. There's no, there's no berating or we're coming up short. We're just, we're just saying, what's it say in the word that we can have? And what's it going to cost? And then we make our own call. Are y'all with me? Amen. So uh, remember Pastor Buzzy, 
I, this story just enthralled me. He broke his foot one time, and he, he kept joking about it. He said, it hurts so bad, I didn't even want to be in the same room with it. I wanted to hang it out the window so I wouldn't be in the same room with that foot. And he just said, bless God, this has got to end. And so he told that story that he started walking around his house, backyard, front yard, backyard, walked around his house. He said it hurts so bad just for it to not walk on it. It hurts so bad. It was, it was the most pain he'd ever had. And he just went out and started walking on it. And it completely got healed. As he was walking, it completely quit. And it was as if it had never happened. So we need to know those stories of someone paying the price and winning. We need to hear that so that we can say, how much cost do I want to pay to win? Because every time we get a testimony of winning, we become unstoppable at some level. We just like, if God did that, well, how much more is there? This is nothing. Let's just soldier on and plow through. So I wrote down a question for me, and I'll just read it to y'all. Michael, are you ever afraid of anything or anybody? Kind of went through a checklist. Is there anybody I'm afraid of? Does anybody intimidate me? Could anybody intimidate me? And is there any situation that I would bail on? If they said, we're going to drag you out of town, we're going to stone you, for instance, or we're going to put a gun. Where's the line? Well, you need to know that line. Well, I think we do. Because it's there anyway. It's not like we don't think about it. It's not there. It is there. And you will reach that line in some part of your life. One way or the other. Just like we all reach the line one day to say, are we going to drink alcohol? Are we going to smoke drugs? Now, that, that may not work here. But if you, ever, if you ever were in any of those things, one day you just said, this is going to end. Because you couldn't go further with and take that with you. And so we can't go further many times if there's a fear in us that says, if this happens, I know I'll have to quit. Well, what Job say? The thing I feared most has come upon me. So whatever we're afraid of, buddy, it's coming. It's 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 in the it's in your future. And it's designed to limit you to a certain level. Well, it just depends on if that's the level you really want to go to. So I call this message unstoppable. It's the, it's the dandelion that goes up through the asphalt, but it's where, where do you want to go? Especially in this generation, I think it's just a high likelihood or at least a reasonable likelihood that the Lord Jesus is going to come back before we go in the ground. That's what I'm counting on, and I'm I'm older than not everybody in here, but I'm I'm older than you know, and it's like I, I don't want to go on the ground. I it's fine, it's all the same. We go up one way or go up the other way, it doesn't matter. Rapture is rapture, uh, resurrection is resurrection. But I I I like to be them that remain. I want to be in them that remain. You know, the dead in Christ rise first, and them that remain. I want to be in. In that bunch. Well, you, you're going to have to pay a cost. We're not even talking about are you going to be in the tribulation? Or are you going to go? You know, that's for the lost people. That's for people that did not make Jesus Lord. I'm talking about I want to I want to I want to do a good work for him. I want to 
you know, when when you're 30 in the in the 20s, in the 1920s, and you're 30, there's a high likelihood you're going to live 50, 60 more years, and they're going to they're going to put Grandpa in the ground, and and we're all going to sing Amazing Grace, but we don't all have that option. Possibly, that's not really a factor, but it's going to get intense. I'm telling you, the Antichrist is. You may say it's just politics and it's just uh, their doctrine or their whatever. No, it's it, this is very spiritual. But I like this in Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night. Why? That thou mayest, pros- mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous or successful and thou shalt have good success. So we have to rebrand ourselves. I'm not Michael Ray. I'm certainly not branded as a pastor or a preacher or whatever. I'm rebranded. I'm faith man. I'm faith man. My 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 email is actually word man. If you've ever sent anything to me, you send it to word man. You just kind of have to grow into it. It's pretty bodacious, and we just have to grow into it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come up higher. We will not be that mere man that Paul accused the Corinthians. We will not be carnal. We will not be milk drinkers, but we will be meat eaters of your word. And we want more. We're, we don't even, we're not even afraid of the devil to say, we're not afraid of you, devil, and make him mad. We don't care. We, that's, we're already above him. We already master darkness in every way. So bring it. Just bring it because you're already bringing it all anyway. If you had more, you'd do more, but you don't. So we thank you, Lord. Faith man and faith woman goes to River Church all over this house. At whatever level we're at, wherever we are and wherever we want to go, You'll take us there, and we can go as fast as we want. We ask you, Lord, for this gospel to be so addictive to us that we just can't get enough. We want more, and it doesn't matter if it hurts or offends us, Lord. We just get right past that and say, that was good, and it was good for me. Thank you, Lord, for River Church. You just... You so blessed us and helped us, and we're so grateful that all you're done and what you say you're going to do, we are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm